our goal with this morning and our hope was to take some time and do something that is honestly kind of uh, countercultural, not 2019 approved uh, or, or maybe like common in 2019. And what that is, it's to slow down to, you know, we already came here. We already got up, got dressed, got our kids here. We're already here this morning. So why don't we take some time, slow down and just sit in the presence of God, okay? And that's what we're seeking to do. So uh, when, yes, absolutely. So when we come together, uh, the purpose of church in two sentences is to glorify Jesus for all that he's done, all that he will do, all that he is currently doing. And we do that two ways, through worship and through preaching from his word, okay? The other point of church, sentence number two, is that we as believers would be edified, okay? And guess what? We do that two ways, through worship and through the teaching of his word, okay? So we're never gonna forsake either of those, but that's really, in a nutshell, what church is. So uh, here's what I would like to do today. I just have two points. We're gonna wrap up our series on Nehemiah this morning. This has been uh, just an awesome, awesome series. What I wanna do before we get into that, though, I wanna pray and then I'm gonna share with you the couple of things that God pointed out to me this week, and we're gonna go back into a time of worship, okay? So Jesus, I thank you for meeting us here in this place. I thank you that your church and your children are eclectic. I thank you that we don't all look the same, we don't all necessarily act the same, but that you're changing all of our hearts uniquely and individually at all times. And I thank you that we can express our love for you and our worship through you in many different ways. I thank you for a church that sees that, honors that, and celebrates that And more than anything, God, our hope is that today has blessed and glorified you and will continue to bless and glorify you. Amen. All right. So we have spent the last few weeks looking at a guy in the Bible named Nehemiah. Okay. If you are just, if this is your first time, let me catch you up to speed. There were, there's a people in the Old Testament, the back two-thirds of the Bible. A lot of the Bible is told kind of through their lens. They were exiled to a foreign place out of their city, Jerusalem, okay? Nehemiah was part of that exile. He actually worked for the king, and he was the cupbearer, okay? So uh, he's the king for the cupbearer, or he's the cupbearer for the king, and he gets word that some of his fellow brothers and sisters, his Israelite people, are living in Jerusalem, but that the city is in total disrepair, okay? And this, this grieves him greatly, okay? In fact, verse four of chapter one says that he mourned, fasted, and prayed before God because he was so saddened. He heard this, and this isn't what he wanted for his people, for his city, for uh, his heritage, okay? And so, uh, verse one says he mourned, fasted, and prayed before God because he was so saddened. And then in verse six, he confesses the sins of his people and asks God for supernatural favor in verse nine. Okay, I'm kind of flying through chapter one here. But see, this is why. Nehemiah had a vision and a dream, and he knew it was not gonna be accomplished without serious intervention, divine intervention from God above, Okay. So, as you keep reading into chapter two, you will see that Nehemiah asked the king, who is his boss, okay, if you've ever asked your boss for vacation, this is a little bit up a level from that. Hey, can I go back, can I leave for good and go back and build the city that I love, okay? He, he asked for freedom uh, to go back and rebuild the walls around Jeru Jerusalem, and miraculously, he is granted his wish. His prayer for supernatural favor uh, was answered, and he was given the freedom to go back and do that. This is what I wrote in my Bible. In the notes of my Bible, this is point one this morning, chapter two. God answers 
our prayers. God answered his prayer, but also his faithfulness to the king was rewarded. Here's the point. Our obedience and stewardship has an effect and positions our prayers in an answerable way. Okay, let me repeat that. Our obedience and stewardship has an effect and positions our prayers in an answerable way. What could I mean by all those big syllable words? Okay, here's what I mean. Right living opens doors. Okay, right living opens doors. I believe that Nehemiah's steady, faithful obedience in exile was what, that's what God needed to see to know if I grant his wish, if I grant his prayer, if I give him this supernatural favor, will he, will he have the character to see it through to the end? And I believe that his faithfulness to the king uh, to a king that wasn't his own. I believe that his faithfulness uh, and his mourning for his city, his confessing of the sins, positioned his prayer in an answerable way. Now, how does that translate to you? Well, last week, Pastor Nicole gave an awesome message on serving on teams, building teams, being part of a team here at church. And she said, serving makes us more like Jesus and that literally no act of service is too big or too small, okay? She even pointed out in the story of Nehemiah as they were rebuilding the walls, okay? There was a gate called the dung gate. And I did a study in Greek on the word dung. I'm just kidding. We're not allowed to say words like that in church. But her point was they were not above rebuilding any gate, okay? They were willing to do whatever. Now, let me tell you a story on how that translates to modern day. 2014, I was a part-time worship leader at a really small young church. We had no janitor. We had no custodian. Uh, we had a Saturday night service and a Sunday morning service. I would show up Saturday night to get my four songs ready. I'm getting paid for 10 hours a week or whatever it is. And I come in, and now, mind you, this is an old church. At the time, they had no air conditioning. In fact, they added that feature two months after I left. Uh, I'm not bitter, though. So <laughs> no, no air conditioning, no janitor. Single pane windows next to the garbage can. How is my word picture going? Are you picking up what I'm laying down? And I came in one time and literally there were flies coming out of the garbage can, okay? Let me tell you what I did, but get your pens and pencils out, okay? This is, a, this is an important note for some of you. I took out the garbage, okay? I was not above taking out the garbage because, and I don't think that God answered all my prayers because I was willing to take out the garbage. I just mean right living opens doors. Stewardship, faithfulness, positions our prayers in an answerable way. And so then when we go to him, he will answer prayers. Doesn't mean we always know what to pray. I'm not gonna get into to that message. That's a whole different sermon for a whole different time, knowing what to pray and, and knowing how to pray and all that. But this is what I know, faithful obedience positions our prayers in an answerable way, okay? So that's point number one. Point number two, if you continue to read in Nehemiah, you'll see in chapters eight and nine, I'm gonna skip ahead here, actually chapter six, 616, it says we read, or it, it says when all of our enemies heard about this, the wall being rebuilt, I should have started with this, spoiler alert, they rebuild the wall, okay? So chapter six, when all of our enemies heard about this, all the surrounding nations were afraid. They lost their self-confidence because they realized that this work had been done with the help of our God. So Nehemiah's vision is accomplished through steady leadership and strong faithful obedience. Then over in chapters eight and nine, 
when they are gathered together as a people to commemorate the moment, to remind themselves of all that God has done, which is what we do when we come into this place on Sunday morning. We gather together to remind ourselves of all that God has done in the past and all that he's gonna do in the future. When they do that, it says, Ezra opened the book. Ezra praised the Lord, the great God, and all the people lifted their hands and responded, amen, amen. And then they bowed down and worshiped the Lord with their faces to the ground. Okay, And you read more of the same happening in chapter 9, verse 5. Blessed be your glorious name. May it be exalted above all blessing and all praise. And they continue to pour out more and more praise for the victory that God has brought them. Okay, Now listen, they were faithful. They were obedient. They prayed. They worked really hard. Okay, Never leave that one out with the jobs that, that God gave them. They did the role they were asked to play. But when all was said and done, they worshiped, okay? Point number two today is this. He deserves our worship, all right? He alone is worthy of our worship. And I wanna ask you something, and maybe I'm biased, but this is what I wanna ask you. When was the last time you truly, Pastor Nicole came up, she invited you to come down and fill this space and worship, but when was the last time you really did that? You really engaged, took that natural step to engage the supernatural? When was the last time you came down to worship or when was the last time you sat in service and you saw people doing that and you thought, those people seem a little unhinged, don't they? And from the outside, maybe, but I would encourage you, get involved and it's not as unhinged as you think, okay? So this is what I would say. A lot of times we get more excited about professional football than we do Jesus Christ and the work that he's done in our lives, okay? And honestly, that's just straight up wrong. And I'm going home today, and I love watching football. You can ask my wife. I probably watch more of it than she would prefer, okay? But if it starts to matter more to me than Jesus Christ who saved me, if it starts to get more of a reaction from me than Jesus Christ who saved me, that TV is getting shut off, right? Okay? Now, you might be in this place, and you might think, I don't have the order right. I, I was, was I faithful enough? Was I obedient enough? Have I prayed enough? Have I worked hard enough? It's not about getting the order right. It's about getting our hearts right. Start at the end. Start with worship, okay? You can do that. You can worship your way to the place he wants you to be, and then you can, then you can continue when you leave from, from here, and you can be more faithful and more obedient and pray more. You can do all those things. He is not worried about the order. He's worried about your heart, and he's worried that you're engaged at all, to be, honestly, to be honest, okay? So this is what I want you to do. I want to invite you to get invested today. We just have a couple more songs that we're going to do, but we're going to continue to worship him, and I want to invite you to to lean in today, okay? We already came here. I heard a pastor say this yesterday. We already came here. Let's leave different. If we did the hard part of getting here, let's not come to stay the same, but let's purpose to leave different, to leave encouraged, and to leave changed. This next song that we're gonna do is actually an eerie first original, really, okay? Because if you've been around a little bit, um, we have these moments in service, these spontaneous moments and these words. And a, a few months ago, you might've been in this service, Kat Rittenauer came up and she said, I've just been over here praying for a new song in my heart. And I feel like he gave me one. And so she came up here and she just looked it over and said, can you just play two chords back and forth and let's just see, see what happens. And she sang these words, not just filled up, but overflow. Okay, and honestly, that has to be our prayer to do either of these two things. That has to be our prayer to live obediently, to position our prayers in an answerable way, to, to give him all of our worship. We need not, not to just be filled up 
with his presence, but overflowing with his presence. And this is one of the ways we take a step to do that. So I want to encourage you to res respond with, with that today. Respond with your obedience, with your stewardship. Get yourself in a position where your prayers can and will be answered because you have a confidence when you go before the throne that he's doing something in your life. And when we are overflowing with his presence, then these reactions, these these actions will be, become automatic, okay? So that's what I have this morning. Let me pray, and then we're gonna head back into worship. I wanna encourage you to stand up. I wanna encourage you to come down to seek prayer at the altars, just to do all the things that we regularly talk about, um, not for us, but for you, okay? Jesus, I thank you for what you've done already in this place, what you're gonna do as we go forward. I thank you that you are so good and so faithful, and that you see our works and you give us this role to play and you see when we act in obedience to you, when we're faithful and, and you respond to that, you respond to our faithfulness and our obedience and it, it puts our prayers in that position where you can and will answer them. And so I thank you for that. I thank you for uh, the confidence we can have when we lift you up, the confidence we can have in our heart that we are doing the thing that you've made us to do. And so as we continue today, Lord, may you be glorified above all else. Amen. Amen. Go ahead and stand with me and let's get ready to sing.